Welcome into another episode of Miked Up with Mellow and Big Country, brought to you by Mid America RV. Why work from home when your office could be in Yellowstone? 2022 will be the year to rediscover the outdoors. Mid America RV is your gateway to adventure with their diverse selection of travel trailers, fifth wheels, teardrops, and toy haulers. They have the right size RV for any vehicle, all covered by their exclusive RV warranty forever. Game days, remote work, getaways, and family vacations are all better in an RV from MidAmerica RV. Experience travel like you never have before. Find out more at MidAmericaRV.com. I'm a little winded because I had to pee right before we started. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry if that's coming through. Um, Loaded show today. Um, Today we say goodbye to our beloved Coach K. Bounce from the final four for the final time. But we'll also preview tonight's national championship game, uh, including North Carolina and Kansas. We'll talk a little bit about the women's national title. Uh, Dan Snyder continues to be a jackass. And then we'll also get into some NBA stuff and Matchmaker Monday. But let's do start there. Um, I joke, but I am serious. Final four, goodbye to Coach K. It does suck. It, it's, it's bittersweet for me, even as a Duke fan. Because I do feel like it's time for Duke to move on from Coach K. Yeah. And obviously they made a run to the Final Four. That's pretty impressive. But he's he's getting a little past his prime. So I do think it's probably time for them to move on. I don't know how I feel about John Shire as the next head coach of Duke. I wish they would have gotten a top guy and not a Duke guy. I hate when programs do this, when you just name somebody with in the program or somebody who went to Duke. I feel like there's... Probably better options out there, but we'll see what happens. That Duke logo brings a lot of power, and I, I think that they'll still be able to recruit just fine at Duke without Coach K. Yeah, I'm right there with you. It it did suck that it ended the way that it did because it just feels like Duke had opportunities to keep themselves in the game, and they just they couldn't hit free throws, and that was kind of the difference. You know, I we came into the, we went into the weekend with me saying, you know, we haven't seen a game end in a buzzer beater or a score change within the final 10 seconds. I thought we were going to get it that game. That Kansas game, good for them. I know we'll get into that here in a second. But with Coach K and Duke, it was like you're almost just waiting because I had you know the conspiracy theory that this was rigged for Coach Duke. We've also come to realize with me when I think of a conspiracy theory, I don't think it's a conspiracy theory because I've made myself believe it so much. I was like, yeah, this is the truth. I was just waiting for Duke to find a way back into it, to come back and win and then North Carolina to leave sad and like, you know, new head coach for them. It was like, okay, maybe next year, but this is Coach K's year. And then it just didn't happen. They come down, Love hits that giant three right in their eye. And I was like, all right, well, that's it. That's the dagger of the game. And then North Carolina goes and wins. So, I mean, good for them. You got to be happy for, for North Carolina, that's for sure. They have handled Duke, what, twice this year? The final game at home for uh, <clears throat> Coach K and then right here in the final four. I sent them home sad twice. Yeah, it sucks. Both times I, I feel like they were overlooked, which I, I say it sucks. I say that with the perspective of a Duke fan. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do feel like North Carolina was overlooked twice it, by me as well. I thought they had no chance. Like even in the, the final game at Cameron Indoor, I thought, okay, there's, there's a chance that North Carolina can win this game. I really didn't know, like going into the Final Four, I didn't give them much of a, a chance to win that game either. But they did. They played very well. And hats off to Hubert Davis, too, head yeah. coach for North Carolina at his first year. I didn't think that was a great hire when they made it, but I've been wrong before, and I'll be wrong again. It looks <laughs> like I'm wrong on this one. Uh, he does have his team in the national championship, and this is not a team that's loaded with star power. I, I know they've got a couple guys who have come along nicely throughout the tournament, uh, but they, they're not loaded with these you know who, huge recruits that teams like Duke have. Or even really even Kansas. So hats off to him. I've kind of talked some shit on him in my day. So I apologize to Hubert Davis. Looks like he's got a really good program there. And now they'll play tonight in the national championship game against Kansas. I've noticed Hubert Davis the last, after they, you know, they won Elite Eight to punch a ticket to the Final Four. And now that they punch a ticket to the national championship game, after both games, he's mentioned, he's like, I just didn't feel like, North Carolina was in the spot like like they should be. Like we were kind of getting overlooked. The program wasn't where it needed to be, where it should be. Yada yada yada. Is that like a somewhat of a dig to Roy Williams, or is that just kind of how North Carolina had fallen, and then you know the change of head coach and the mentality of the program happened at a perfect time for him? Yeah, 
I, I don't know. I, I don't think it's a dig, but because he was part of that staff. Yeah. As well. So I don't think it's a dig, but I, I do think that it's accurate that towards the end of Roy Williams' run there, mm-hmm. they weren't dominating like they should have been. I mean, North Carolina should always be up there with schools like Kansas, Duke, Kentucky, like we talked about last week. They're blue blood. You should be in it. I mean, they were unranked when they beat Duke for the final in Cameron yeah. Indoor. So, like, North Carolina should not be unranked ever. So I, I get what he was saying with that one. And Roy Williams there seemed like he was pretty happy. Yeah. I do wonder if it's a bittersweet of like, damn, I, I probably could have done it with this team. Yeah. <laughs> I left a little bit early. I could have oh. done it with this team as well. But um, I don't know. But I am. I, I think I find myself rooting for North Carolina. Really? I'm the, I'm the other way. I'm rooting for Kansas. And the problem is I, I have a, a lot of Kansas fans that are my friends that I consider close to. And I really like a lot of them, and I want to see them be successful. Obviously, they're my friends. But then I have some friends that are huge shit talkers about <laughs> Kansas basketball. Yeah. And on that side of the fence, I'm like, fuck that. I don't want to see Kansas win. Yep. So like, even on Saturday night, North Carolina wins, and I'm thinking, okay, I'm probably going to go for Kansas. Like, I, I, I like – I don't like – I think Bill Self is a good coach. I like Obagi. And I like some of their players, and I'm not a big North Carolina fan. So I thought Saturday night, okay, here it is. I'm going to go for Kansas. Happy for you know guys like Brooks who are in the chat with us today. Some of our other close friends that we have, some of our sponsors of this show. But then people start talking shit, and it makes me not want to root for your team. So I don't know where I'm at. We'll see tonight when it you actually know, tips off. That is a fair point because – there was a Kansas fan, like Kansas won this weekend, of course, and some people that I was hanging out with watching the game, Kansas fan was just celebrating big time, like, ooh, Kansas wins. Now we'll see if Duke wins. If they do, mm-hmm. Kansas, my favorite team, can then beat your team. And after the title game, I was like, ah, like, whatever. Drake like, for Coach K, like, you don't understand. It's fine. And then, like, Duke loses, and they're sitting there celebrating that Kansas gets to go and Duke doesn't. And so I was kind of the same way. I was like, you know what? I actually do hope Kansas kind of loses. But then I got over it, and I looked around, and I was like, it's been a long time for Kansas. Like, what, North Carolina won it four or five, five years ago or something, 2017 or 16, somewhere in that area? It's been, like, since 2008 for Kansas. It's been a while. Yeah. Let them have their shine again. I think it was 2008. I, I thought one of the players said that they've been dreaming about that moment since then because, like, their mom made them go to bed at halftime and they didn't get to see it. Yes. And then uh, since then, was it Abaji that said it? No, it's like Lightfoot or something. Oh, yeah, Mitch Lightfoot. Yes. Uh, his mom made him go to bed at, at halftime and he didn't get to see the championship, so now he wants to make sure he gets that redemption. Um, I also didn't realize this is maybe a better topic for our local radio, but how many kids there are from Missouri playing on the KU basketball team? They have oh, two yeah. starters from Missouri. I think one of them's from Columbia, <laughs> which is where Mizzou is. That's outrageous. I mean, that's like being from Austin, Texas and going to play at Oklahoma. 100%, yeah. I was surprised to see that. But I do. I find myself on the fence. I will say, if the KU fans that I know can be quiet tonight, I will find myself rooting for them. The minute they start talking shit and getting too confident is when I put the North Carolina shirt on and <laughs> go Tar Heels. It will change kidding. that quickly for me. That quick. Oh, yeah. So any type of shit-talking from Kansas and you're done with them? I can, I can go with a little bit of shit-talking. I mean, that's part of sports. I'm not, I'm not that sensitive. My, thin, yeah. my skin's not that thin. But it is – it just – I don't know why. Why talk shit to me about Kansas or, like, the Duke losing? What does that have to do with your side of the bracket? I don't get it. <laughs> uh Duck Fook has been quite the saying lately in one of our chats. Yeah, but it's just, it's, I mean, I even put on Twitter yesterday, uh, Saturday night, that I was going for Kansas because I wanted Duke to beat them. Mm-hmm. I had people in my replies there. Always like, uh, just shout out to Burks Gwen. Very thankful him for him to be a huge Kansas fan and to not talk shit. Like, <laughs> if I say something negative about Kansas, he will politely come into my DMs with, like, facts about how good Kansas is. 
I can get on board with that. But it's just <laughs> it's the shit talking that is just constantly anytime KU does something good or another team does something bad that makes me want to root against your team. I just imagine you saying that and like Brooks having like an entire shit talking message written out was gonna repress it and was like oh, Never mind, and now he's like backspacing all of it. <laughs> right. But I mean, I am. I, I'm close with a lot of KU fans in this area that we live in. I know we're Missouri guys, but we are right on the border. And at least for me growing up, Missouri was never really good at, well, anything. But KU <laughs> has always been dominant at basketball. So there are a, a ton of KU basketball fans in this area, which yeah. is crazy for me. My parents picked to live in an area with Oklahoma football dominating this area and KU basketball. And I hate both those programs. (laughs) Oklahoma, I totally get. Kansas, I always felt like growing up, because it was the same way with me. I think the only time I saw Mizzou be successful in football was with Chase Daniel there, number one. Same with Kansas football. Yeah, Kansas was good that year. (laughs) Yeah. And so it was like those those two matchup was like the one, you know, separate year of it. And then the year that Mizzou, I think they went to like the Sweet 16 or something. And everyone was just super excited that they had made it that far. But coming to it, though, it was just like growing up, you see all your friends are Kansas fans. It's like, I just don't want to be a Kansas fan. I I never knew what it was. Like, there was just no reason why I didn't want to be a Kansas fan. I just didn't. I just wasn't about it. And now it's to the point where it's like, eh, if they win, kind of happy for them. I'm sure if there were more Duke fans in this area, there would be a lot more Duke shit talk. Mm-hmm. But like I said, we do live in an area that is – KU is definitely the most popular college basketball team around here. KU is the most popular basketball team. No one else even rivals it. I'd say they're a top five team in the area. But as far as predictions go tonight, I do expect a good game, and really that's what I'm, I'm rooting for altogether is just – a close game. Watching KU and Villanova was not fun. Watching Duke and North Carolina was fun, even though my team lost. So I am rooting for a close game. The spread on this one's minus four going to the Kansas side. I, I think that's where my pick is, too. I, it, what's crazy is I, I haven't believed in North Carolina this entire time, and they just continue to prove me wrong. But also on the Kansas side, um, they have had a very, very easy path. Now, you can only play the teams that are in front of you, and they've beaten every single one of them. But I think you can look at it along the way, and even in the Villanova game, Villanova very beat up. But yep. Kansas did blow them out. Um, if I had to bet on this one, or if I could bet on this one, I'm betting on Kansas to win. I'm right there with you, to be honest. I do think that you know it does. when you look at Kansas' schedule, it definitely was easier through the tournament, like you mentioned. But at the same time, they did reach a moment against Miami going into that after that first half where it was close. And they come in, or they come out, excuse me, out of halftime, and then just blew the doors off the game. They come in against Villanova, just hot start right from the beginning. Anything they wanted to do or didn't want to do happened for Kansas. It was just a fantastic basketball game for them. So congrats on that. And I think when you come in to play North Carolina, it was one of those situations in watching them play Duke where it was like there were moments where Duke not necessarily got away, but like would find a rhythm to get into, and then North Carolina would correct it and then it would stall Duke. I think Kansas is more athletic and has better shooters. It's going to be one of those situations where we look at it and go, damn, did we overlook Kansas in this game? I'd hope not. They got that one in front of their name, and they are Kansas. If you overlook Kansas, you deserve to lose. I just think in terms of because, like, oh, the tournament schedule was too easy. And it's like we look at North Carolina, it's like, yeah, they kind of – I mean, theirs was kind of easy too, honestly. They had to go through Duke. I don't remember who they played before that. I was trying to think of it. I, I'm going to take that completely back. Baylor, UCLA, and then St. Peter's, and then Duke. That was a pretty tough line. I'm going to shut my mouth. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, like, I brought that being like, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a tough, tough uh, path as well. Uh, but I, I would pick Kansas to win tonight. And there were even some questions if um, the North Carolina big man was going to play. Uh, Baycott, who has been dominating this entire series. I, I think that if North Carolina wins, he could definitely be you know, the MVP of the tournament. He did roll his ankle uh, towards the end of the Duke game. I will say, this is, this is typical basketball player. Mm-hmm. This is, oh, I'm a little bit hurt. Look at it. Give me the attention. Oh, I can barely walk. And then 30 seconds later, you're running. Come on. Did you see it when he was... Uh... Like up at the scores table, like you can tell his teammates just like I thought you were hurt. And he's mm-hmm. like ah, I am, but you know, fuck it. 
And like the camera got it, and I was just like, "What a douche!" <laughs> right? Like, I just said it out loud. I was just like, "Man, come on! Like, were you that hurt or not? You didn't exactly. even get it rolled or anything. You didn't even take your shoe off." Yeah, and like you started to go back to the locker room, and this is what I hate about basketball. And I hate to shit on a young player, but I'm going to. Basketball players are the absolute worst because this dude rolls his ankle, doesn't even sprain it. Like, let's be honest, he rolls his ankle a little bit, which every basketball ever has done. And then he lays on the floor and can't get up. And then, oh, I can't walk. I need teammates to help me to the bench. Oh, I need help getting to the locker room. Nah, never mind. I can walk on my own. And then 20 seconds later, he comes jogging out of the locker room. Mm-hmm. That, that doesn't happen. Like, you're not that hurt to be laying on the floor holding your ankle and, oh, I can't walk. To two minutes later, oh, I can jog. Now I'm fine. Like, just say you're milking it or just don't milk it. You just want to hear the crowd just erupt as you come running back. Yeah, like, I get people want that moment. God, I hate it so much. Did you see how many people were there? Like, they did, like, Full a house, shot. Right? Huh? I, it was uh, sold out. <laughs> like I mean, it was just 000. insane, like, the way it was set up. Like, the, they did, like, a huge, like, wide shot of everything. It was just insane. It was, like, in the Caesars Dome for the New Orleans Saints play. Everyone probably listening understands that and realizes it. But just to see the amount of people there just blew me away. Like, you had more people there than you would in, like, an actual basketball arena. Like, no wonder they have to have it in a football stadium. Oh, yeah, it's huge. Massive. Yeah, I do love it. But, I mean, going back to the whole injury thing, I despise it. It makes me, like, respect players less. I would say completely disrespect. But, like, even Paul Pierce. I hate Paul Pierce. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why. I feel like he was one of those guys, even with the whole, oh, I shit my pants thing, get a wheelchair (laughs) for me. And um, even your guy, Dwayne Wade. When Dwayne Wade came into the league, I loved him. I loved Mm -hmm. his style of play. He could attack the rim. He could shoot. He could handle the ball. Loved him. Then one time I watched him get hurt. And it might have been in the playoffs or or late in the season. But he gets hurt, and they bring out a wheelchair for him. And I'm like, oh, shit, this sucks. This is one of my guys. Like, I love Dwayne Wade. And then I see him holding his shoulder. And I think... This guy just hurt his shoulder and got a wheelchair brought out for him. I can't get on board with that. I I'd can't do it. it. I mean, it really affects me. It might be stupid. It affects me and my fandom. After that, I could no longer cheer for Dwayne Wade the same way. It's like you value their or, – no, I shouldn't say value. Like You just don't respect their toughness. Is that it? <laughs> yeah. Like I'm sorry. You can't be a little baby back bitch and get my fandom. <laughs> because <laughs> i'm a huge fan of Dwayne wade as well but i just always overlooked that and it's like i still do like when you brought it up i was just like oh man i've done such a good job of forgetting that actually happened right but i understand it as a fan like oh let's forget it happened but even uh like one of my favorite players right now is patrick mahomes he hurts his knee and he's still like no like get off me i I'm, i want to go play i and i love that about him or kobe bryant we're like Tear his Achilles and then be like, no, I'm going to hit the free throws. Or Clay Thompson. I didn't like Clay Thompson until he got hurt in the finals and then had to come back out and hit the free throw. No one helped him to the locker room. He tore his Achilles tendon. And no one helps him to the locker room. He walks back out there and he's like, hey, I got to hit these free throws and then you can sub me out. Hits the free throws and then it's like, yeah, I'm good. And it might have been his ACL. I don't remember the order that he got hurt. You're talking about with Kobe? With uh, Clay Thompson. Oh, yeah, but I same think thing might have been his Achilles. With yeah. Kobe, I, it was yeah. an Achilles, and he's like, ah, i got to hit these free throws. And, like, he doesn't roll on the floor and wince in pain. He grabs his ankle and then knocks down the free throws, and he's fine. Or even going back a long time ago, the running back, uh, he used to play for the Baltimore Ravens. I think it was Jamal Lewis. Mm-hmm. Jamal Lewis tore his ACL in training camp. And I remember SportsCenter showing it, and they're like, oh, we're about to show a graphic injury. They show the injury, and then they show him walking off the field with no assistance. He is just walking off with a trainer. And in my mind as a kid, I thought, it's not too bad. He's walking on his own. He'll be fine. It was a complete ACL tear. <laughs> I just respect those guys that are the tough about their injuries. And basketball players are the absolute worst. Yeah. All of them. It's your, it's your moment to get direct attention to you. And I think that it's probably directly Michael Jordan's fault because of the flu game. Everybody wants that big, like, oh, I'm hurt, but I'm going to play. Or oh. take it back a long time ago, Willis Reed wasn't supposed to play in the NBA Finals and has this big heroic moment of he runs out of the tunnel for pregame, and it's like, holy shit, 
Willis Reed is going to play in the finals. This is amazing. Or, you know, all of us growing up um, have probably seen Michael Jordan having to be helped to the sideline by Scottie Pippen. Like, oh, shit, he's really sick. I don't think Jordan was milking it that day, but he still he came to play. But I think everybody wants that that moment of, oh, look at me, I'm hurt, but I'm going to overcome. So now anytime you roll an ankle or get scratched, or even now in the NBA, if somebody comes close to making contact with you, you flop. And it's like, oh, look at me, I'm so tough. I just, I hate it. I think it's one thing the NBA and, and basketball altogether has to correct. Yeah, it feels like this last year has been a little bit better, or a lot better with that, I should say. You brought up Paul Pierce earlier for Kansas. Kind of makes me just, like, I... Re- it's like I forget how much I hate Paul Pierce until I see him. It's like out of sight, out of mind. Fantastic. As soon as I see him, I'm like, God, this guy. Like, and I don't know what it is. I've just never liked him. And I was he's like, got a punchable oh. face. It's like, dude, this I guy also hate freaking Kansas. Like, <laughs> the oh. fact that like LeBron owned him his entire career, and then he has the nerve to keep him out of his top five. Like, what are you doing? It makes me discredit like your entire basketball opinion. If you keep yes. LeBron out of your top five. You are very dumb. I'm trying not to use strong words that I know people don't like. You are very dumb if you keep LeBron out of your top five, though. Like, just, I can see some people being like, oh, I played with Kobe. He had a different mentality. Kobe's like two. Or I've seen people say Kobe's one. Uh, that's whatever. But you have to have LeBron in your top five. Having him outside of your top three is pretty stupid. That's, That's why we debate Paul it. Pierce. Like he's just an idiot. Like, I just I've never liked the guy. I can't I didn't even like watching him play basketball. And then I learned he went to Kansas. That's probably why I just like I'm definitely oh, really? not rooting for Kansas. <laughs> I can remember I just I feel like he's always been that guy who a lot of people did like. He's a very good scorer. I never felt like he was like a top five, top ten player in the league when he was playing. Yeah. He would have those moments sometimes where, you know, he was pretty clutch. But I also, I've, I've never liked him. Like, even all. when the Celtics had the big three, and it was him, Ray Allen, and Garnett, it was just like, they won. I was happy for everybody but Paul Pierce. Like, yeah. I don't want to see this guy celebrate. And I, was I like actually liked Ray Allen old. and kind of Kevin Garnett. Like, wanted to see him win mm-hmm. another championship, or win a championship. But I, I could never be happy for Paul Pierce. Yeah. And part of it was the whole get carried to the locker room thing. Even when I thought he was just hurt and didn't shit his pants. Even when I thought he was just hurt, it was still like, wow, look at this dude. You're getting carried. Cradle carried to the locker room. It was, it was stupid. Do you think he had to like tell them, like, hey, like, easy where you grab me, there's shit? <laughs> Watch out for the compression shorts. <laughs> uh, hopefully he had something like to hold it in. I don't know. But I, you would hope, but I mean... <laughs> Who knows? One train of grabs him and just like, and drops him. Oh, I shit myself. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, what is that conversation like? Hey, 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 by the way, it's not my ankle. It's yourself. I actually just dumped my pants, so be careful. Be careful. Right under the knee. Don't don't get too high up on the hamstring. (laughs) Right under the knee. Uh, Last night we also saw the women's national title game. And I'll be honest, I tried to watch this one, and I'm not one of those dudes that's like, oh, women's basketball sucks. Like, yeah, it's at a slower pace. Yeah, there's layups. But I wanted to watch this one, but it was hard to because there was a blowout last night. Like, at one point in the third quarter, it looked like UConn was going to start to come back, and that immediately got stopped. And South Carolina won the game. And just watching a game that's a blowout, hard to do. I don't care what level. Even like I said, the the Kansas Villanova game, I tried to watch that one. I watched it. I didn't pay close attention to it though. Yeah, because it just it was never a ball game, and it was the same with the women's national title last night. Uh, I think some of the biggest highlights came from the commentary of Diana Taurasi making jokes about the South Carolina Gamecocks, <laughs> which were hilarious. And then they start trending on Twitter, and then I start watching that broadcast, and it, it was pretty good. I like that ESPN is doing more of that broadcast it is different though because essentially you're watching a game while you hang out with diana tarasi and sue Bird. they're not yeah. giving you a lot of analysis i mean I, there was even a big foul and i thought you're gonna talk about that no no they continue to share <laughs> stories but that's why it's the alternate broadcast the mannings get into the same exact thing where it's like hey peyton you want to talk about that third down conversion nope let's hear another story about your playing days yeah. but that's that's kind of the going rate with uh these alternate broadcasts, which 
I can get on board with. It's really cool when you have a, a viral video off of it. So I enjoyed it, but I didn't I didn't pay attention to the game much. Yeah, I didn't either. And there's just no reason why to it. Honestly, I didn't realize they were playing on Sunday, just to be honest with you. And I just I don't know what is going on with UConn. I definitely thought that he would play better than what they did. I saw Sue, uh, not Sue Bird, uh, Don Staley, the coach for South Carolina, come out before the game. And they were talking about how UConn was 11-0 and in national championship games. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, we're 1-0, and so we're also 100%. And then they come out and they get the W. So good for her to, <laughs> to go on from being a, that WNBA star, one of the first stars in the league, to now coaching at South Carolina. It was not that long ago where it really looked like UConn was going to dominate the women's basketball game. And not that they're not. I mean, there were two seed playing in the national title game. Yeah. But, I mean, they had a streak of like almost 100 wins straight. Yeah. It was ridiculous what they were doing. Like I said, 11-0 in like, national titles. Then here comes like South Carolina and Baylor and some of these other programs. You're like, all right, I guess it's not just yeah. UConn in the women's basketball world. Yeah. I mean, UConn feels pretty safe to be a top five team next year. Yeah. Assuming Paige Beckers is still going to be there and be healthy for an entire year. She's still a lot of fun to watch. She, mm-hmm. she can handle the ball very well, shoots very well. She's fun to watch. Um, but also, how about we get into a little bit of NFL talk, too? Uh, because Dan Snyder is back in the news. And this is, it's funny, but it's also, it's very frustrating for me to talk about. Uh, because Dan Snyder has been in a lot of trouble. Uh, a lot of allegations against him. And I, I think some of them have even been proven true, or at least they're pro, uh, true in the public eye. But Dan Snyder now, it looks like he's going to be in big trouble. Because uh, they found out that he has not been um, cutting in the other owners as much as he should. Apparently, there's a rule where you're supposed to give 40% of your ticket sales back to the NFL in a pool. You put all that money into a pool, and then it's redistributed to the 32 teams. And Dan Snyder has not been doing that, or he's been skimming, uh, skimming a little bit off the top, keeping some for his own pocket. And this is the thing that's going to get him like in big trouble. Like Now people are actually coming out and saying, like, oh, you're going to have to sell the team. Not the fact that he like stole nude pictures from cheerleaders, but the fact of like, yeah, don't fuck with our money because now we're going to come at you. Uh, it's just, it seems very weird. But I at least, I, I guess at least he's going to probably have to sell the team. So that is good news. But it's just so fucked up the way the NFL operates. Oh, I mean, it definitely is. And the thing with Dan Snyder is just like, how many more stuff, how much more stuff is going on that we don't know about? I mean, even Alex Smith, like one of the nicest guys oh, in the yes. world, they ask him about like, hey, what advice would you give Carson Wentz? And he's like, all the distractions that come from there are just ridiculous. There's, there's so much going on within that building that it's going to be hard to win. And again, that's from one of the nicest guys in the world yeah. who like doesn't publicly say anything even remotely controversial. And like you have one of the nicest coaches too in Ron Rivera. And it's like, dude, yep. cancer survivor. And like he's got to deal with all that too. It's like, man, I just want to coach football. Yeah, it's been rough. I do hope that the Snyders um, have to sell. I, I know that there there have been a lot of, I don't want to say cover-ups, but there's been a lot of excuses made. And it feels like every time there have been a couple different, you know, three, four instances where Washington's been in trouble and Roger Goodell's like go-to is, well, he's not running the day-to-day. His wife is running the day-to-day. Well, eventually somebody's got to pay the price for all this. Mm-hmm. And, I mean... Him not running the day-to-day as an owner, he's still cashing checks from him, though. Yep. And, uh, yeah, so what you're telling me is Dan Snyder doesn't have to work anymore, but he still gets to reap the benefits of all the pay? That sounds like a pretty nice gig to me. <laughs> yeah. So I that doesn't sound like a that. punishment at all. And that's why I hope that the Snyder family, th- you've got to sell this team. Oh, I, I think like they don't have a choice. Like Hopefully the NFL comes through and takes care of this and – I mean, same thing with kind of Miami, the Miami Dolphins. I don't want to take away from, you yeah. know, just move on from this. But, like, that's two organizations right there who have kind of been dealing with some trouble, mm-hmm. like, through the front office and, and stuff. And with the Dolphins, I feel like you got to kind of wait and see if it is true. I mean, it kind of sounds same, like it pretty is. pretty true, yeah. If I had to make a judgment based <laughs> off of it, uh, it sounds like it's probably pretty true. But I agree. And I think the NFL and the owners need to be more aware or – more aggressive in this. Like, hey, you're a shitty person. I'm going to make you sell your team. Or now for Dan Snyder. I mean, he should have been fired, forced to sell this team like four different times now. <laughs> yeah. So, like, finally, maybe the other owners will stand up to him and be like, wait a second, you're just stealing money from us. That's not going to be allowed. All the other shit that he did, they were okay with. And they 
pretty much had his back. But hopefully, hopefully now he does have to sell the team. And maybe, maybe the Dolphins as well. We'll see what happens with that one. Well, it's going to be interesting to see both of them because they're both historic franchises. And I know every franchise yeah. in the NFL in a way is historic, but Except Miami the Dolphins. <laughs> yeah. The Dolphins the only team in you know, the NFL to have an undefeated team. And in Washington, they just, they've had you know, great success there in the early In the 80s, 80s, they were dominant. Yeah. And so it's just you love to see that if you're a Washington fan, but now it's like you've gone through na- two name changes and your owner's just a piece of garbage. It's yeah. time to move. Like, you got to get a, a new of, era of Washington. In I think a lot of fans know that it, they're going to be better off when he sells, too. That you, you sell them, you're probably going to get a new stadium. You definitely soon. need that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a, it's a win-win for Washington. It, you get rid of Snyder and bring somebody else in there, a new ownership group. Hell, maybe you get the Mannings. You know, they were invested. They were interested in who was it, the Broncos. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, you could potentially have shit. The Broncos are still for sale, right? I think they got bought. Or, I think it was by another minority owner. Might have been. I don't remember. But then you see, you know, have Washington and Miami, both probably yeah, Pat coming Bowen up. bought them. Both no, probably coming never up mind. soon. I think that he bought them before. I don't yep, think they've officially me. sold yet. I think there was some speculation of people interested, but I don't think that there was anything official. Because we were talking about like, I mean, the going rate for an NFL franchise might be around four billion dollars which is absolutely bananas. Um, speaking of buying and selling, you should go visit Roper Kia. Visit them, check out their inventory. If they don't have what you're looking for, they will help you find it, even if it is a sweet-ass GMC, uh, what was it called? A Canyon that I purchased one time off of Craigslist <laughs> via Roper Kia. Check them out. Uh, they're definitely uh, a great buying experience there. No like crummy use salmon stuff like that. In and out, get you the best deal. And if you mention us here at Mike'd Up, they're going to give you $1,000 off your nicer, newer ride. You absolutely better believe it. Another website you should visit is gunspot.com. Be sure to visit them for your gun and ammo needs. No reserved auctions every single week. And the best part about the site is there's no hidden fees when you go to check out, so you don't even have to worry about that at all. Also, it's not a matter of if. It is a matter of when you're going to need your oil change. Oh, excuse me. Wow, I just combined. Wow. I realized I said it. And just just drove the whole thing. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when danger could arise. Make sure you put yourself in a position to protect you and your family, and you can do so with Gunspot.com. I was hoping, I was hoping to start the week off strong, and I botched the shit out of it. <clears throat> and you did not. <laughs> Hashtag Gur Mondays. <laughs> there you go. Uh, speaking of teams that are botching it and not starting off the week well, the Lakers continue to be in the news. Um, and this time it's from historically great center Kareem Abdul-Jabbar uh, was given away an award uh, in his name and then had some comments to be made about LeBron says that he should be embarrassed by some of the things that he's done off the court uh, this season. Some of the comments that he's made about COVID. So I, I guess at one point in the season he got fined for doing um, some kind of a dance, like a no nuts dance. I think I figure the one from major league. I don't even remember that one happening. Yeah, uh, but it is—it's rough if you're a Lakers fan or if <laughs> if you're watching this team. It has really fallen apart very quickly. To where it was not long ago that we had started this discussion. We, as in everyone, started the discussion of man, the Lakers might be in trouble. They might be a play-in team. Like we were laughing at them, thinking you might be a play-in team. Now, <laughs> good luck. You hope you're a play-in team because they are on the outside looking in. And it does not look good for the Lakers. And now you have some of your your legends mm-hmm. even making bad comments about um, your top dog. I mean, LeBron James. So it's it's rough for the Lakers fans out there. I just think it's I think it's kind of one of those deals where like Kareem just needs to kind of hush up. That's how I look at it in this situation. You respect Kareem, you love him. He's a legend. You get it. But it's just like it's got to be water off the ducks back here. Oh yeah, you just can't even let it bother you. You just got to, like, just, all right, get it, Kareem. You see the other two superstars that we brought in to help be good? They fucking suck. I'm 37. I'm hurting. Get off my I'm back. I'm hurt, dog. Uh, I, I actually feel the, the opposite way. You're with Kareem? Yeah. I just I don't know what, what's LeBron need to be embarrassed about. But, but, I mean, he even said it's the off-the-court stuff. It's not the fact that, I mean, he's doing all that he can on the court. But, I mean, go, even go back to the beginning of the season. 
he had LeBron had that tweet go off of keep that same energy. Everybody says we're too old. This player's hurt too often, and like keep that same energy. When I don't even remember. Here's the the quote. Uh, LeBron tweeted, keep talking about my squad, our personnel ages, and the way he plays, he stays injured, we're past our time in this league, etc., etc. Do me a favor, please, and I mean please, keep that same narrative energy when it begins. That's all I ask. Well, now it's It's going off again because a ton of people are quote-tweeting it, saying, hey, LeBron, do we need to keep the same energy still, or where are we at on it? (laughs) And, I mean, if you're going to put it out there, People are going to quote-tweet it. And, oh, you know, yeah. people like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who is still very involved with the franchise, I think he has a reason to be mad. Or not even mad, <clears throat> but just disappointed. I mean, I saw one of the – I don't remember what it was. Somebody on TV talking about this is the most disappointing season they've ever seen in the NBA. And I don't know if I want to go that far. But, I mean, the expectations were an, a championship, an NBA title, and now you're, you're not even in the play-in game? So I do get it, and I think you know a lot of those guys, the Magic Johnsons, Jerry West, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, hell, even Shaq, you know, I'm sure that he shared mm-hmm. many comments, um, are just disappointed about the play. And then to come out and say, like, uh, LeBron should be embarrassed about his off-court stuff, I don't know if embarrassed is the right word, but I, I think that if you're going to make comments like that and say keep the same energy, you kind of got to expect the backlash that's going to come from it when this team is too old. That player is always hurt. <laughs> like, yeah. All the questions that people had about the Lakers have pretty much all come true. Except for, you know, if you question LeBron, you shouldn't because he's been outstanding this year. Yeah. But uh, as we've been talking about a lot, Anthony Davids is garbage. Right? And even him coming out and, and making some comments about, you know, everybody hates the Lakers. And, and already, like the season's not over, and they are already talking in past tense of uh, what could we have been if we stayed healthy. That's what really caught me. It's just like your season's not over. You played this weekend. You played on Friday, right? You're yeah, not. Like, your you season's still not. Have a couple you, games to go. <laughs> are you just giving up? Then is like, is that what you're trying to say? And if that's the case, you. I mean, if you're the Lakers, you blow this up now. Like you yeah. don't. You can't wait. They've lost six straight games, and they're two games back of the Spurs. It doesn't look like. I mean, they've they're lost six play straight. Very well. They've lost six straight games. They're in their two and eight oh, in their last shit. ten. It's looked very bad. It, but, I mean, guys like Anthony Davis even trying to come back, it's not looking good. It's not looking good at all. And that's why I understand the fan base and some of the legends being pretty upset with their overall performance. And, but especially down the stretch. Like, how can you have the oldest team in the league just filled with veterans and it fall apart down the stretch? Like, I really, I thought at the beginning of this whole thing when we started laughing at the Lakers – for potentially being a play-in game, I thought eventually they would all get it back together and it would click, and they'd end up like the sixth seed. Mm-hmm. But now, I mean, here we are, April 4th. They're the 11th seed, and it doesn't look like they're going to be in. And their next game is against Phoenix. Against who? Like, Phoenix? Phoenix, tomorrow. Hmm, good luck so there. So they play. <laughs> this is not going to be a good end of there. Yeah, they're not making the playoffs. They play at Phoenix. They play at Golden State. Then they play home against Oklahoma City, and then they go to Denver. Three very good teams. Now, the Warriors, I did see over the weekend, uh, they've shut down Steph Curry for the rest of the regular season. Mm-hmm. They could still beat the Lakers. You see Clay Thompson, though? They came there. I think they were down like 11 at one point. Dude comes down, hits three threes. Poole comes down the next drive. And, like, it was against uh, it was against the Utah Jazz. The, like, Golden State goes on this huge run. Next thing you know, they got the lead. Like, after four or five threes in a row – Jazz can't score, and it's like, okay, game over. There goes, yep. there goes Golden State, and it just made it look so easy. Yeah, Golden State's going to be tough. And with Curry, I, I like this. I mean, right now they're sitting as the three seed. They're going to be in the playoffs. They're going to be the three seed, it looks like. Dallas is right there with them. But they're not catching the two. Uh, the Memphis Grizzlies, they've won, nine, they're won seven straight games. They're red hot. And Golden State's like five and a half games back. They're not catching them. So, yeah, give Steph Curry a week off. I think it's what? Is it an ankle? It's usually an ankle with him. I think it was his ankle. Was a you know, give him injury. a week off, let him rest a little bit, and then he's fine for the playoffs. Yeah, I don't, I don't think Steph Curry needs this last week uh, to remain in shape, or uh, I'm not too worried about him being rusty headed into a playoff series. 
Yep. And if he is, well, okay, Clay Thompson going to eat for a week. Whatever. So I, I do like that move. But it is, it's going to be rough for the Lakers. Even our guy Jake in the chat saying he's done with LeBron. Yeah. I, and I, I feel like, I mean, you have Jake saying it. you got Kareem saying it. Two Laker legends done with LeBron. So <laughs> no, we've speculated it ourselves of what will be next. And does LeBron want to stay around? Do the Lakers want him around? I would not be surprised by a mutual split where you let LeBron go to another team. I mean, there are probably 29 other teams out there that would take him. Maybe not Cleveland. Like, I don't know. I don't know if I would trade those good young pieces Cleveland has for LeBron James. If the Lakers lose this next game, are they just automatically eliminated? Because um, the East the... is set for the play-in. Like, everyone else in the East is completely eliminated. The play-in game is yeah. going to be between the Cavs, the Hawks, the Hornets, and the Nets. And um, even speaking of the Nets, like, ugh, not looking good there either. Right. And I saw um, some Ben Simmons stuff, too, to where he's going to try to get $20 million back from the 76ers. Good luck there, bud. <laughs> yeah, that was your own decision. Right? And then, like, they even told him he could go to an independent doctor and things like that. Like, I just, I don't think he's going to get that money back. And there's also talk that he might not even just, he might not play this year at all, uh, right. which is crazy. I mean, it's, it's looking very slim. And at this point, you might as well just not. Like, that's just a, another year of your career that you've just thrown out the window. And I, I do wonder if part of it is of, the legal battle that he's going to go through trying to recoup some of this money. If he comes back and plays, it might look like, oh, you were fine all along. If he does get shelved up for the rest of the season, playoffs included, then it probably makes a stronger case for his legal That's team really to say, like, hey, he was never in a position to play, blah, 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 uh, which sucks, but I, that is definitely going to play into it, especially if you're trying to get $20 million back. <laughs> back, yeah. <laughs> You know, maybe you just go play really good basketball and in your next contract. you just like, hey, actually, just toss in an extra 20 mil. Let me get that back. Yeah, let me recoup that. Uh, but it, it's cool that the NBA playoffs, we got like a week left. This is a, a sneaky, very good week for sports. And that's why April has always been one of my like best months of the year. Uh, tonight, we get the national championship. Mm-hmm. On Thursday, we get opening day. Also on Thursday, we get the Masters with a potential Tiger Woods return. That's pretty exciting, too. Dang, I guess I didn't look at and that. And uh, later in the month, the NFL draft. That as well, yeah. And some of the, I mean, some of the workouts have already offseason workouts have begun for teams. I know. I saw that this morning. Kind of threw me off a little bit. Yeah, I don't know if I offseason goes by quick. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I've seen a lot of offseason stuff already. Yeah, uh, you know, a lot of these players already working out. Um, a lot of these baseball players too. Uh, I try to not make this too much of like a Kansas City Royals show. Go off, man. I've been waiting for it. I've literally been waiting for you. So the trainer of Patrick Mahomes, who's become pretty popular on Twitter, online, he will post videos, which is another thing that I love. It's not coming directly from the player. It's just like, Mm -hmm. hey, look at my dude working out, which is another just get off my lawn old man thing. I like it when other people tell me how great you are. But Bobby Stroop, (laughs) the trainer for Patrick Mahomes, but also the trainer for guys like Sam Ellinger, um, Quinn Ewers, and Bobby Witt. I think he just, like, he follows me, and he knows all my favorite players, and he's like, hey, I'm going to actually get you, so come here. Uh, he's been training Bobby Witt, who is going to be the opening day third baseman for the Kansas City Royals. And last night he tweeted, uh, there was a, a tweet about how fast Bobby Witt Jr. was, that he went from second to home and just absolute wheels. And he quote-tweeted it and said, during parts of the offseason, Bobby Witt has reached 23.8 miles per hour. That's the fastest I've ever seen. I don't mean for baseball. <laughs> I mean, even you look at some of those in-game speeds for football, you got guys hitting like close to 22. Mm-hmm. 23.8 is, honestly, it's kind of hard for me to even believe. It's That's just, how fast that is. It's insane. I think Tyreek hit 23-something at one point, but it was just like, my God. In the offseason? Uh, it was, I believe it was an end game. Because I think the highest in the NFL is like 21, like 8 by the running back, not Tyreek. Breida? Uh, was it Matt Breida that hit it? Was it Breida? Yeah, it might have been. Yeah, and that's why I I really like Bobby Stroop. I just said like he uh, he has a lot of my favorite players. But some of the fastest times I've ever seen 
are around 21, 22. Yeah, Tyreek Hill hit 23.24 miles an hour in week 16, or in 2016, week two. And what was it, 23-2? Yeah, 23-2. Yeah, so for, I mean, for Bobby Witt Jr. to be faster than Tyreek Hill, and even I looked up Matt Breida's in 2018, uh, Breida was at 22.09. Yep. So these are the fastest times in game speed in the NFL where speed is everything. To have a guy playing third base that can run that is, like, it's one, it's hard to believe. <laughs> I do question it and think, mm, was the gun calibrated? Like, what are we doing here? Because I've never seen 23 miles per hour. Was there a car that drove by on, like, the other right. side? Right, is this a like, Michael Scott incident? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I highly doubt that Bobby Stroop is out there timing on the street, but at the same time, Whew, I kind of want to see it to believe it. Yeah, I mean, and you might get to going to a couple of Royals games this year. Hopefully I get to go with you. Yeah, and like I said, Bobby Witt Jr. going to be the opening day third baseman, uh, which is very exciting for me. Also very exciting for me is Club 609, getting in there, watching some baseball, watching some basketball, and just enjoying that happy hour. Even if you're not a huge sports fan, um, I don't know why you'd be listening to the show if you're not, but as a sports fan going in there, checking out the happy hour, uh, from 2 o'clock until 8 o'clock every weekday, and then 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. every Saturday almost feels illegal. It's it's tough to do. I've done it a couple times. I didn't feel too great about it the next day. On, on Saturdays, there have been people that call it the Miller Challenge, Oh Try, yeah, trying to sit in there from 11 a.m. when the doors open until 8 p.m. It's a, it's a wild ride. And you don't leave. You stay there. And that's two-for-one drink specials. Yeah. So if you say, you know what, I will have uh, Tito's and Sprite with my lunch. They're bringing you two of them. It's tough to do, but it's a good time. At Club 6 and 9, definitely check them out. Two-for-one drink specials and $2 draft pours. Absolutely. Next up is going to be Downtown Lou. Be sure to visit them right here in the heart of Joplin, Missouri on 1st and Main Street. They do specialize in tires and lube, but they are much more than that. So you can look at their website, downtownlube.com, for their full list of services. Also, it's not a matter of if, it is a matter of when you're going to need your oil change and your tire service. You might as well just get it done right here in Joplin at Downtown Lube. All right, let's get to a little matchmaker Monday. Um, I'll tell you, watching the Final Four on Saturday night, uh, watching it with my daughters who I've raised to be Duke fans, uh, really, here's the peek behind the curtain. I'm not one of those crazy dads that's like, you have to like the team that I like. Uh, When I was a child... My family got a dog for the first time. We got two dogs. I got to name one of them because I was the favorite son. I, being a Duke fan at the time, even as a young kid, named my dog Duke. So I it's after the college. There it is. That's the dog's name. Dog dies. Fast forward 12 years. My, one of my older brothers says, hey, I know you just got a house. It's got a fenced-in yard. You're good with dogs. One of my neighbors just found a stray. And so we take this dog in, and its name was also Duke. So then this dog, it's Duke 2 now, was raised around my children, and it was a very good dog. So they learn about the dog, and then the college, and they're like, oh, we're Duke fans. So being a Duke fan, having a Duke tattoo and all the other bullshit, watching the game Saturday night, the most disappointing part was knowing that we weren't going to get Duke versus Kansas. Yeah. Like, knowing that Kansas took care of business and were supposed to play Duke, I was bought into the narrative. I wanted it to happen so much, and then it doesn't happen. I, I still wish that we would have. The excitement that would have been built around this game tonight, if it were Duke versus Kansas, oh my gosh. would have been insane. I'll tell you, we, we've got Sports Center on in the office when we do the show. It wouldn't be talking about the Lakers right now. Nope. It would be all Duke, all Kansas. All day long. Like, just why did North Carolina have to fucking ruin it? Like, just sh- you've already you already beat him at home. Just like stop. You had your time. Like, damn it, Hubert. Just... <laughs> yeah. And then to lose to a guy named Hubert twice. Like that. Yeah, anytime you lose coach. to North Carolina, you don't just lose to North Carolina. You lose to Hubert. <laughs> Who in the world has a kid? Has him come out of the womb? You pick it up and hold it, and you look this baby right in the eyes, and you say, "Welcome to the world, Hubert." Maybe he's a junior. He is a junior. Well, fuck. <laughs> then his dad. And then your dad's like, I'm going to pass this awful name on. Right? Are you, a, are you a junior guy? You think you'll go that route? I don't know. Probably not. So I didn't have boys. I have two girls, so that makes it a little bit difficult. Um, but I've, I've never been a junior guy. Well, I mean, growing up, we had a family who, like, 
has gone into like what four generations of it, and it was just kind of like, <laughs> like that's ah, rough. Like we do have a family. At that what family point? is <laughs> my mother's dad. <laughs> yes, <laughs> cousins. And it was just I always kind of thought it was cool, and then after a while, I was like, you know what? Like I don't because then you go to a family event and someone's like, hey Jimmy, four people turn around like what? And it's like, oh well, actually, you know, can't go by your name. You got to go by a nickname. I don't yeah. really go by my name anyways, but I also don't think Austin Cunningham Jr. is a good name. I don't feel like that's a strong name to just pass on. Yeah. You don't is like it? it? I just, I've never been a fan of my name, honestly. And I, I really like my name. Like, I'm proud that my last name's Cunningham. Like, I passed that along, but yeah. that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, super proud of the last name Miller. So proud I, I put it in large font across my back. I wasn't going to say it, but I'm glad you did. <laughs> yeah, dark from my prison days. Prison Mello put his last name across his back. Thought he was super cool as a 19-year-old. He's still there. Hard I ass. do still love the shock and surprise of people seeing my back tat for the first time. It is a large piece. It is, it is not huge. small font. It covers my entire like shoulder blade. How big can I get this font? Tattooers like, I'd probably squeeze this on there. That's my guy. You know, one lesson I've learned, too, from getting tattoos is that people should be critical because a lot of times they'll slap the template on you and be like, hey, what do you think about it? Me, as a, like a younger kid, I mean, I was probably too young to be getting tattoos, was like, yep, that's good. Even though in my mind I was like, whew, that's a little big. <laughs> <laughs> Are you really? Yeah, but it's, like, it, it's on there, so yeah, let's roll with it. I'm cool with I it. I had a buddy get a tattoo in Vegas, and it was the same thing. He's like, ah, I can't, you know, he's like talking to me. He's like... Uh, like I wouldn't mind if it was a little bit higher. I was like, then tell him. Exactly. He's like, well, he's already kind of annoyed. He was like, who gives a shit? Get, <laughs> let him be annoyed as he fucking wants to be. Whole pre-process. You're the one that has to go home with this and look your parents in the eye and say, I'm now going to hell. I'm inked. Because your family's very religious. Oh, yeah. So like we, that was where the jokes we cracked. And he got a cross on his arm and was like, doesn't look like Jesus hanging around you anymore. <laughs> Made him feel bad. It was hilarious at the time. Yeah. But it's like, that's just like, yes, be annoying at it. Back to Matchmaker Monday. You brought up Duke versus Kansas. I'm going to stay along the same way. My matchmake is – I don't even know if it's like should be a matchmaker or it's not. Like I don't, I don't know how to words. It's just like Coach K and his emotions. Someone's like, oh, Coach K was very emotional after the loss. This dude has the same oh, yeah. monotone voice. Belichickian. Yes, and it's just like – he's like, oh, I'll take care of me later. I thank you for asking. But like this is about the kids, and I got a lot of kids in there crying right now. Right, you don't have like no remorse in your voice at all for the, like the fact that you just lost. That your career yeah. is completely over, and you lost to Hubert Davis and North Carolina Tar Heels again. Yeah, I think maybe for Coach K, it was kind of like, a, was it a shock? He, he knew like, that that could be a potential outcome, so maybe he was a little more prepared for it. I don't know, but yeah. he's he doesn't show a lot of emotions. He is kind of that Bill Belichick. Like I'm not giving you many sound bites here. Oh, very, that's just fun. very yeah. serious. I'm not saying it as like a positive. I, I don't understand how the man can recruit players. That's you're telling me exactly he's going into a living room and being like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be the guy that takes care of your kid for a year." <laughs> but I come I, here. I there's a million. Understand. Shut up. Come on. Uh-huh. Like I mean, at some point in his career, he was very good at it. Then he probably just got lazy with it and was like, "Hey, by the way, here's two hundred thousand dollars to come to Duke." And then Zion was like, "I'm going to need two fifty, and he's like. Here's three because we've got it. But, I mean, at some point, he did pull in guys like Grant Hill and Christian yeah. Leitner. And then after that, I feel like he, he maybe just kind of coasted for a little bit. But I, I am kind of right there with you. I don't understand how people will be like, wow, I'm definitely going to go play for this guy. Did you see but his interaction with, uh, I don't remember which player it was from North Carolina. But he goes and, like, says congrats to him. And he just, like, yeah. Rubs his hand down his chest and then like <laughs> gives him a left-handed shake and it was just like that's it was that's, it was such an old man such a grandpa move to be like hey you would have been my player of the year just so you know and it was Baker is that what he said to him I didn't yeah. see he's like just yet. so you know I I voted you you were my player of the year for the ACC but it was it was still awkward it was weird that'd be really cool to hear though from a, as a player. Oh yeah, like oh, Coach K said I'm player of the year. Fuck mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Like I know I got the award, but now it's just like I'm player of the year. And he is 75 years old. I didn't realize he was that old. He dyes that hair, man. Holy <laughs> that hair cow. should be he white. Is 75. He's 75 years old. He's been at it for a minute. 
Um, so like, generationally, he's probably just you know, a little bit different than what we I used. thought he was in his 60s. No, he's 75. Wow. Old ass. That's why he, the fact that he's retiring, retiring, it kind of feels like a surprise. I don't really know that it should be. I mean, he's 75. He's he collapsed on the like, court one time. Like, Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, my next uh, Matchmaker Monday is a good one. Uh, on Thursday night, I was sitting around, and it was a kid weekend for me, trying to figure out something to do with my daughters. They've always wanted to go and like spend time in Texas. That's like one state that they've surprisingly not spent a lot of time in. You would think with me being a huge Texas fan, Texas is only like five hours away from us, mm-hmm. but they hadn't. So we took a little surprise trip to Dallas, Texas, to where upon arrival, I found out WrestleMania was in town. And I tell the truth, I looked for tickets. They saw Are you all the, serious? They saw all the signage and stuff like that, and they're like, Dad, what is this? What is what are all these posters for? Like, is this, there was a poster on like the street, you know, they hang like those banners. It was one of a girl and one of a guy. And they thought, are they going to make a girl fight a guy? Cause I kind of want to see that. So I looked for tickets. Couldn't find them. They went to like StubHub, all those little secondary markets. They were sold out everywhere. Everywhere. Wow. Like, I don't know that I've ever went to StubHub for an event and saw we don't have tickets for your event. <laughs> like, it's ridiculous. I'd never seen anything like it. But WrestleMania was also in town. I found it very interesting that after all the talk that we had on Friday, that it was there. I tried to go. Couldn't make it happen. Was going to take my daughters with me. They probably would have hated it. Or I would have hated that they loved it and then turned into, like, wrestling people. <laughs> but I've also seen, like, a lot of Facebook posts from other people that, I, that were there. I had no idea that it, there's still such a wrestling market. I mean, it is still a huge deal, and I kind of can't believe it. But I saw, like, I, I know you maybe told me that Pat McAfee was going to make an appearance. Yeah, he did. One of the Paul brothers Logan, yep. made an appearance. He did, he did, like, very good. Yeah, there were I a did, couple I of did guys watch from Jackass. Some of the re- I know I said Friday on radio show, or maybe it was here actually, too. It was like, I've actually never watched wrestling. I watched some of it. Mm-hmm. I tried to look up clips to see it, and I was like, dang. Pat McAfee and Logan Paul looked really good out there. I didn't see much of it. I saw I saw the Pat McAfee ending to where he pinned the guy. Did you and, see his backflip off the top rope? Huh. So he's on the top rope with this, uh, the other wrestlers like Austin Theory. He does he's up there and he like does like some type of like counter move and it does a full on backflip, lands on his fucking feet, plants it, runs back up there, jumps to the top rope. Grabs them by the neck. They, together they do it. They jump off, slams them on their back, and I was just like, holy shit. See? You are that's a wrestling fucking guy. fucking impressive. <laughs> I tried to fucking tell you. <laughs> then that's where I come in with it. Like, I know that it's fake, but you have to respect the athletic ability. Like, and I the- watched one guy try to hit somebody. And the dude ducks, hits the top rope, and the chair comes back and hits him in the face. <laughs> now, whether that's planned or not, I would be fucking livid. Right. But I was dying laughing. I was like, you idiot. There's probably even a little bit of frustration within the match of like, hey, you fucked this up and I got hurt. So, yeah, I'm going to land a little contact (laughs) with the chair now. (laughs) But, I mean, the athletic ability that it takes. But also, it is. It's fake. It's scripted. It's very coordinated. That almost makes it more impressive to me. Yeah. I do. (laughs) You know what needs to happen and you make it seem like you're just as surprised as we are. I did see um, it was an Instagram reel from Sports Center that was the Logan Paul, Logan Paul, right? I was going to mix it up. Logan yeah, Paul was Logan. Fighting. Jake Paul's the younger brother. That's a real piece of shit. So Logan Paul, it looked like he did a really good job at his match too. Yeah. And then at the end, he's standing there with another wrestler, and his like tag partner turns on him and slams him into the mat. And Sports Center like captioned it on their reel like Logan Paul didn't see this coming. What? <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> like, are you feeding into this narrative that it's real? Are you like, is this like a Santa Claus situation where we're keeping it real for the kids? Like, what is? I don't know what the deal is, but it's it's clearly very fake. It is you clearly say Santa's not real. Yeah, he he definitely saw it coming. Like, he knew 
what was about to happen. Now, what if he didn't? Like, let's say you are in a wrestling match and something happens and you get flipped and thrown and you're like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah, if I, I if I sign up to do a celebrity like wrestling match at WrestleMania and then I get my face slammed into the mat, I'm pissed. <laughs> like, I'm going after Vince McMahon for real now. Did but, you see uh, the Cold Stone stunner or whatever it was? They tried to do it to Vince McMahon. Uh-uh. He just couldn't handle it. Like, he's See, just you watched old. more of it than I did, and I tried I mean, to go. I just looked up all the highlights last night because I wanted to come in and talk to you, but I assumed you were like, fuck, I was there, dude. So <laughs> I was waiting I for tried. you to tell me that today, yeah. I tried. It was at Jerry World. Yeah, I was prepared last night for today. <laughs> <laughs> you should look it up, though, because like, Stone Cold Steve Austin comes out and like pretty much beats shit at Pat McAfee, goes to Stone Cold. Oh, really? Yeah. And, like, well, I do have a, to look up the highlights. There's a cut where he like knocks it like, does the stunner and like Pat is like laying on the ground, like outside of the ring, like just pouring beer into his mouth. And then he's like pretty much not. It was actually pretty funny. See, I think that's what I would like to do. If they're like, hey, Mello, come be a part of WrestleMania. Thanks for being a fan 20 years ago. I would want to be stunned. Like I would want him to yeah. do that move on me. I don't need to win a match. He Put does my it. face into your shoulder <laughs> and I'll pretend to pass out while you drink beer over me. Yeah. And like when he did it, Pat had like taken a drink of beer. And so, like, when he hits the stunner, he like sp- he's, like, spewing it out of his mouth as he, like, falls backwards. Man, I'm coming off as a true wrestling fan here. I it's told like, you. You look actually, like a wrestling fan. It's like, actually kind of cool. It's and just like, you're damn, buying that was impressive. It, but you don't even get the storyline that they've built up for this moment. Nope. Mm-mm. So if you did, I 100% know you would be a wrestling guy. <sighs> Is that, like, should I be embarrassed about that? I feel like you are, but you shouldn't be. Like, I've openly said before I was a huge wrestling fan. Yeah, but I feel like, yeah, that guy's a fucking weirdo wrestling It, it does kind of come across as like, ah, you're a nerd. Like, you probably live in your mom's basement. living in the trailer so. park, you know, mm-hmm. working on your moped right outside of it. Just like. <laughs> that feels like a person you know. But uh, <laughs> one, of the, one of the guys I used to coach with was a huge wrestling fan. I think I've told that story on the pod before. Of like, hey, did you catch the Monday night football game. And he's like, Aaron, I was actually watching Monday night raw. Like he didn't see the game because he was watching wrestling, but it is, it's a male. I don't even know if you can say male. It's a soap opera where they've scripted it. They've written a good storyline to where you can buy in very quickly. They just lost me in the era after the rock. I feel like when the rock went and started doing movies, maybe that's when I stopped watching or the fact that it's just, it's expensive. You have to buy these pay-per-views. And I'm like, yeah. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Ain't going to happen. Yeah. But I am still very much, not very much. So you and WrestleMania was your last matchmaker Monday. My last one is uh, me in 1883. I started watching it again last night because it was another one of those deals where I was like, I've been saying I'm not going to watch it. I got home from Kansas City after visiting my sister and brother-in-law. I was like, you know, I'm going to try watching the show again. And I swear, Paramount Plus doesn't want people to fucking watch shit on their freaking app. It is the worst streaming app I have ever used in my life. Why? Like I I it makes me not want to watch 1883 again. I I've had zero problems. It's like you try to fast forward or whatnot, and it's like, "Ooh, times 3" and it moves at like time 1 cuz I clicked on one of the episodes like, "Oh, I've already watched this." And I tried to like back out of it and it wouldn't let me. So I was like, "I'll just fast forward through." It took me 20 minutes to fast forward through yeah. a 43-minute episode. That's stupid. I, I mean, I've shared my struggles before, maybe not on this podcast, but a uh, big Yellowstone fan. And the first time, like, I uh, had a, a couple buddies, like a group of buddies, are like, you have to watch Yellowstone, have to do this. It's so good. And I went to watch it, but it was on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. And so I clicked to, like, yeah, let's watch season one. And it, for some reason, started me on episode two. So I was incredibly lost. Mm-hmm. They were talking about characters that they introduced on episode one that I didn't know about. So I'm like, this show's confusing as fuck. I'm not watching it. Yeah. So I watched episode two and then gave up on it for forever and then was re-talked into it. I'm like, no, really, like you got to give it a second chance. Check it out. And then I started on episode one. I was like, holy shit, this is a good episode. This is a good <laughs> series. But I, haven't, I didn't have any problems with Paramount+. Plus. Yeah, it's but pissing I do, me off. There have been times where I've tried to like go back and watch something, or if you do it the way I do it, uh, you have your buddies log in, and it's like, oh, well, they already watched this episode. Now I have to go back and try to rewind it. Mm-hmm. You won't let me rewind. You won't let me start over. That is one place where Netflix has, has kind of gotten it figured out. Yeah. Of like, hey, do you want to play this from the beginning? 
And I, I, I will say I've had that problem on Amazon where it's like, yes, I want to play it from the beginning. And then it takes me back to the entire beginning of the series. Like, yes. No, I don't want episode one, season one. <laughs> I want episode two, season three. Like that's the one <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to rewatch right now. Yeah. So I, I fell asleep last night. Excuse me. Right. I do. I do kind of understand that one. Have you ever tried to watch a series on DVD? Uh, yeah, I watched season two of Yellowstone on DVD. That's the worst. Yeah. Because you're right. What made me think of it is um, I watched Seinfeld a lot when I was growing up, but I never got to watch it regularly where it was like, okay, it's on Thursday night this time. Watch it. Mm -hmm. So I went to watch it again, like for the first time all the way through. And I had to borrow it on DVD and then I would watch it at night and fall asleep and be like, fuck, what episode was I on? (laughs) And then trying to figure out what episode you were on, trying to actually like rewind a DVD started over from like this scene or this episode was a nightmare. <laughs> but some of these streaming services definitely have to have to figure their shit out. Yeah, most definitely. And that's the thing too though is like they all ha- each show like or each episode has a title, but they don't tell you the title of the show when it starts. It's like you got to go back and be like, "Oh, I guess I just watched one about them crossing the river." The next one was like there's mm-hmm. a tussle in camp. And I was like, "Okay, wait, which which one was I on then?" Yeah. I one time tried to listen to an audiobook like a long time ago where I had to like download it onto my iPod Nano and then try to listen to it. Wow. I think it might have been the first audiobook that Apple ever had. But it wouldn't like save your spot where you <laughs> where you stop listening. So like if I listened to the audiobook for a little bit and then I went to listen to music, I would have to like keep a note and this was before the like notepads on an iPhone. This was like 2009 shit i'd have to keep a note on like the time when i stopped listening to the the audiobook because it would just reset and then i'd have to fast forward and do that little weird thumb thing around the nano and be like all right 33 minutes and two seconds this is where i was at (laughs) but then i'd get lost or i'd forget to make a note and be like well fuck it gotta go back to the last time so streaming services have come a long way yeah (laughs) but that's maybe i should be quiet now (laughs) because But it is still rough, and I'm right there with you. Sometimes it's frustrating, or as a father of two, sometimes my daughters will be like, I've already seen that episode. I want to watch this next one. I'm like, I I can't figure it out, Disney Plus. Like, that's another one that's bad. (laughs) Yes. I'm sorry. Or the continue watching, like, they'll click the continue watching, and it will take them back to the beginning, or they have more problems with it than I do. That would be – can you imagine being a kid in this area and having, like (laughs) – being frustrated with things not going your way. I mean, as, as an adult, but as a kid, it's like, I'm breaking this fucking tablet. I didn't buy it anyways. <laughs> yeah. On our trip to Dallas, one of my daughters was like, I hate this app. I'm deleting it. I'm like, I don't know that you need to delete it, but you can stop <laughs> using it. And she's like, no, Dad, I'm deleting it. I'm sick of this not working. I'm like, all right, mad dog. Like, more power to you, baby. Like, I don't know what you want me to tell you. I can't figure it out. I'm driving. Uh, but that is it for us today. Big Country and I are going to be back tomorrow right here in the call-in app at 10 a.m. Central Time, uh, breaking down the winner of the national championship game. Uh, I still don't know who I'm going for. That'll be a game-time decision for me. And then, of course, later this week, um, opening day, so we'll have more baseball talk, maybe some Masters talk right here on the call-in app. We appreciate you guys for joining us. We'll be back tomorrow.